Thanks to our malt mates at Cry Malt, this is Beer as a Conversation. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. This week, we continue our tour of the Sunshine Coast with a visit to the region's latest brewery, Heads of Noosa. At least it was the newest brewery at the time of recording this introduction, as Noosa's other new brewery, Boiling Pot, was on the verge of opening and may well be open by the time we run the podcast that we recorded there. But this week, we are catching up with Craig and Lance Masterton, who gave up stock trading to open their brewery in Noosa. And it's no bootstrap operation either. They've made a very significant investment in what they were doing. I was lucky to be there for the opening, and it was great to see they had the local mayor, most of the councillors, and their local state member there for the launch. Let's hope that that support continues. Unlike many craft breweries, they have opened with a Japanese lager. It's light and crisp, and the samples we tried were very well made, but as good as it was, it's a novel first beer from a startup brewery. And it's not a one-off either, as the brothers have committed themselves to lager production. So we talk about their backgrounds, the place they see for a craft lager brewery, and especially how they will compete both against the scale of the large lager breweries and also the many craft breweries on the Sunshine Coast that are seeking to push the bounds of flavour. Enjoy the conversation. Craig and Lance Masterson, uh, thank you very much for having me at Heads of Noosa Brewery and uh, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Mate, our pleasure. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Mate, last night, official opening of, of the brewery. You've been trading for about a week. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the brewery and the beer, but maybe we can just go back and, uh, you know, who are Craig and Lance Masterton? You know, what's your background and how did you come to uh, to be in the beer industry? Uh, yeah, look, we we started this roughly about nine years ago um, as a dream and and it's taken time. Uh, we started off brewing brewing beer to make sure that um, we could actually create great product and um, brew something that we were passionate about. So, uh, well, what, what's your background? What, what were you doing? Because you haven't always uh, been no. brewers, so you, you've, you've got a background uh, elsewhere. Yeah, we both came out of the share market. Um, I'd done a number of things before that. Um, Craig had basically traded out of school. And uh, I was at a loose end. He showed me the ropes and um, spent several years in there trading, trading in the share market before. For yourself? Up. So you would... Yeah, we'd sit at home and stare at a screen all day. It was... <laughs> yeah, you either lived at work or worked from home. Yep. One or the other. Yep. <laughs> oh, there's something that I do, I sort of know, but I, sort of, there's not as much money in what I do as, uh, as there was in the markets, I'm, I'm guessing. So you, you sort of made enough to in, invest in a, in a brewery? Yeah, it certainly helped get us started um yeah i mean there's breweries are pretty capital intensive as as you'd probably be aware i've heard that the best way to make a small fortune in brewing is start with a large one (laughs) (laughs) we don't know about that yet (laughs) (laughs) oh you've spent a small fortune uh on getting set up here it's not a like it's not one of the old bootstrap operations no um, that, that you've got here no we've tried to do everything properly and i mean the the expensive parts you know they're expensive for a reason because they, you know, have a purpose. And yeah, we're not not against putting the money in those areas because we know it's you know going to help us going forwards with quality you know, beer. Yeah, just a quality product consistency. <laughs> as as we get that. the uh, compressors and things uh, going <laughs> in the background, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. working in the brewery. <laughs> so okay, so so you're both uh, so day trading essentially, or sort of working in the markets in, in as investors. Day trading's a term. Um, a lot of people sort of throw around but it was more probably if you had to class it short-term trading so anything from you know it could be seconds to weeks yep okay yeah and 
were you brewing at that stage, or did, did you were you just like uh, most Australians uh, just love to beer? Yeah, at, at that stage. Yeah, we basically uh, started brewing with the idea to start a brewery of some kind. Um, didn't know really what that brewery was going to look like, but um, for us, just just to get involved, uh, it was a great industry that we saw and and wanted to be involved and do something that we could put our hearts into. So at what stage did you decide that getting into a brewery was the, the path for you? Oh, look, probably five years ago. We spent a, a few, fair few years looking into it, uh, making sure that it was feasible, that we could do, we, we could make a business work, um, brew, brew the beer and also um, that there was a market for it out there. So yeah, we, we've spent a good five years basically planning this, this site um, and and putting that together now so it's it's coming close to an end but there's um on the construction side um we've got a few more little things to finish off but it, now it's transforming more into into getting out there and actually selling the beer rather than building a brewery and, and what was it about the you know the brewing industry that saw you want to leave you know like something that was reasonably lucrative um, to change co- careers completely and uh, take the risk of opening a brewery, what was what was the lure? I think you do anything for close to or more than ten years, and you're looking for something else. So it's that funny definitely I've been doing it, writing about beer for uh, <laughs> ten years. So. <laughs> something you want to tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that that was certainly one driver. The other thing was always loved drinking beer, um, and just seeing that craft scene emerge being almost a little oblivious to it happening in the US earlier on. Um, yeah, it kind of was just there all of a sudden and yeah, it was exciting. It was it was an awesome industry too, you know, like people you'd meet um, at, you know, trade shows and um, conferences and all that. And uh, they're so friendly, helpful. Um, it's just a top industry like that. Mm. But it's a bit, that's a, that in itself is a, you know, it's an industry that we love drinking beer. Um, it's a very social industry. And then you look at the passion of the people behind it and how welcoming they are. That can almost be a bit of a trap um, because it looks you know, like an easy industry to, to get into and work in and succeed in. Um, I guess we're at the very early days of, of heads, but how have you found um, the realities even in just getting the doors open yeah it's uh different to the way you imagine it when you first dream of starting a brewery <laughs> that's for sure what what, what, it, what what did you imagine um well to be honest yeah you know brewing beer um brewing beer developing recipes um you know it, and then it quickly becomes a scenario where you, you're not brewing it comes more about actually uh, starting a business um you end up in, 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 up office. in the office. Yeah, yeah, you're in the office a lot more than For all that everyone talks about the craft beer business, they put the emphasis on craft and not the emphasis on business, where the reality is, yeah. have you found that it's a little bit the, the reverse? Um, it has to work to have a brewery. It needs yeah. to work on the numbers side. Without that, we'd be gone tomorrow. It's simple as that. Yeah. So, yeah, like it, um, it's probably 50-50. Without the beer, you don't have the business, and without the business, you... You're not going to have beer for long, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. They both got to they both got to work in tandem. So, but it has taken you a while. You first um, started thinking about, or you first started getting serious about this about five years ago. Yeah. Um, what was the what what was the process um, in terms of planning, and were, were there any holdups, or you just were very slow and deliberative uh, in well, your approach? Well, everything was pretty methodical. Uh, things had to come in the right order, <laughs> basically. Um, 
you know, you start with a, with a block of land, you need to check that you're able to do what you want on that block of land through councils, um, uh, Unity Water, stuff like that, that they've got the infrastructure in place for you to do what, you, what you're needing to do. Uh, and there's no point, well, from our point at that stage, spending money on um, designing a building before we knew that we could actually do it there. So things had to happen step by step. Um, we tried to always make sure that we were never behind the eight ball when it came to came to setting it up, the different facets, yeah. Uh, apart from that, there, there, there were no hurdles along the way? You, you didn't have any sort of planning hurdles or um, you know, approval hurdles or leasing hurdles? We, we had a open relationship with council all the way along and Unity Water and um, I think that's what you should do. They aired any concerns they had with us before we even submitted. Um, so that obviously helped, you know, yeah. got a relationship there. You're not just a, a piece of paper on their desk. Definitely, I wouldn't say talk that, about. like there were times it was tough. We had to go back to the drawing board and rethink stuff. Um, mm. So th in a way they're hurdles, but you know, I don't think there's anything that you can't get around. Um, mm -hmm. that you, That's true of whether you're designing a house or a brewery though, I guess that yep. your initial vision meets the reality of planning permissions and things exactly. like that. Exactly. But actually, I noted last night that you know at the opening you had your local member here, you had the mayor of Noosa, and you had I think at least five councillors, which shows that there's a real difference in um, you know municipal approach to breweries these days. That they you know, five, yeah. six, seven years ago you may have maybe got a congratulations note from the, you know when they declined the RSVP to attend. <laughs> you basically had the full house of. Um, you know, local representatives here. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting time for those guys from when you hear them talk, like um, new businesses with this model, with the retail component starting up in the industrial zone. Mm. Um, it's something new for them. Um, Noosa itself is is a small small town. Um, they, they're appreciative of any, any growth, jobs in the area, employment and stuff. So, um, but for them actually, getting their planning right and the zonings and stuff, it, it's, it's a big issue for those guys. And it is a challenge, and I guess it's the, the flip side is that you guys have got a challenge. Um, you've got a relatively small retail space for- Size of the brewery. Size of the brewery. Yeah. Um, but we're at Noosa. Um, you know, I woke up this morning, took a drive down the beach, um, which is you know, it's a seven, eight minute drive um, from here. Um, and you guys are in an industrial estate behind <laughs> Noosa's best assets. You need to create something here that will lure people away from what Noosa is known for to yeah. come and have a beer here. Yeah, yeah yes and no. I mean, the, the tap room for us is it's really just a window into what we do. Okay. It's a it's a it's it's a ancillary business to getting our product out there. Ideally, you know, we want to be getting our beer in other places and have people find it there. Um, so yeah, as for as for luring people out, I think if they're interested, they'll come, and that's that's fine by us. You didn't have too many development plans, but we, we did see a bit of a pivot when it came to the name. Um, do you want to talk us through, you know, <laughs> at what stage did you settle on a name um, for the brewery and then decide that maybe we need to go a different route? Yeah, look, we, we are Noosa Brewing Company. Um, we're trading as heads of Noosa Brewing Company. Uh, we, we decided to change direction. We're getting uh, confused with, with some other guys in the areas in the area. so. Um, for us, we just want to be individual, make sure that yeah. we stood on our own two feet. People knew who exactly who we are. Um, to be honest, I love I love Heads of Noosa. It's, it's a little bit unique. It's, it goes about naming the company a little bit differently. So 
Yeah, no. Happy with yeah, the direction at the end of the day. With where yeah. it's landed. When you came up with the Noosa Brewing Company name, um, were there any breweries in the area or you know, what, were, what was the thinking there? Was no. it just a logical... Yeah, there was yeah, nothing we... about it at that stage. Um, no, basically that was, back that was in, in 2014. Yeah. September 2014, we um, started the company. So um, it was obviously getting pretty serious by that time. And um, yeah, I mean, it was Noosa's a brand that... Um, stands on its own. Yeah, there. stands on its yeah. own. So it was an obvious, obvious one. Um, I guess taking some time to get to market. Um, you know, yeah, I, 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 I guess allowed um, some confusion to develop there with another brewery. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a touchy subject. If I'm okay, honest. I, 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 don't, yeah, I, I don't want to sort of uh, create any uh, sort of uh, wars in the area. No, but sure. If you went, I, I, I guess the other way of looking at that and playing devil's advocate is um, Noosa is a name that you can't trademark being a, sure. a, a region. Would you, uh, having had the benefit of that experience, would you go back and sort of say back into your 2014 selves, you know, let's let's come up with something distinctive then that we can actually own and nobody else can um, move in on. Or would you yeah. have? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Oh, look, if we had a thought of heads of Noosa back then, I wanna. <laughs> it would be great if we didn't have to worry about it and we just started yeah. back yeah, then. Without a doubt, it's um, something you don't really need in the background the whole time. Yep. Um, when you're trying to piece it all together and, and get things up and going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Craig said, at the end of the day, you know, Noose is a fantastic brand. So, you know, having that associated with the name is is um, what you need to do. There's a reason. Yeah. We're, we're brewing out of Noosa. We want to align with those with those with that brand, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the heads of Noosa still let you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, our focus the whole time with Noosa Brewing Company was um, uh, to basically base it around the headlands of Noosa, um, the beauty that's got and basically the way they take um, the, the raw ingredients from the Pacific Ocean, refine it around the headlands um, to get that great um, point break that you get down at first point. You know, it's a, it's a way we sort of associate with our beer that we take raw ingredients and, re, and refine it to, to, make, to make beer at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about the beer and, uh, you know, again, uh, uh, point of difference for you guys, um, the, the craft beer movement was really um, driven um, in, in its early days by the creative use of hops um, yep. and providing a real point of difference from what had gone before. Um, you had big pale ales, India pale ales, and we've seen then with the explosion of breweries, everyone's sort of trying to mark out a different bit of territory. In some ways, you guys have taken a step back and you're marking out your own unique place in the market with... Um, launching with two lagers, um, yep. and one of them is a, a Japanese lager. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what was the thinking there? Uh, well, basically, we wanted to brew what we were passionate about. Um, we enjoyed drinking IPAs as much as we do lagers, but uh, we grew up basically drinking lagers and wanted to wanted to Nothing make a couple of trips to Japan. Yeah, really true. cemented that one. Okay, the, the Japanese itself, yeah. Japanese style mm-hmm. lagers you get there, are just over and above what you get here in a bottle. And we just wanted to recreate something on, on the same level as that. So talk, talk to us about the Japanese lager. Um, you know, tell, tell us about the, the, the brewing process and what is a Japanese lager? Well, basically it's got a component of rice in there. Um, the rice adds adds a lot to the 
to the body of the beer, basically fully fermenting out of the of the product, leaving you with a clean, crisp. Adds um, to it by taking away in a sense. Taking away okay, exactly. Yep. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, look, we also filter it as well, which is a, a point of difference in the craft beer market too. I think there's definitely styles out there that benefit from having the yeast in in the beer, but uh, for us, the styles that we're working on right now are, are benefit a lot from having that yeast filtered out. Um, and it really suits that style, that Japanese, really clean, crisp, light body. Yeah, and, and it's a, look, it's a lovely beer and there's nowhere to hide. You know, there's no big hop characters to hide and it's a lovely, clean beer that was going down very nicely last night. How do you um, mark yourselves out um, in, in a, a, as nicely sized as this brewery is in the craft beer world? Um, you're a spec compared to a big Japanese-owned brewery that operates in Australia. so. The, in terms of scale and everything, your costs are going to be much greater. If yeah, you're making yeah. the same product that they're making in, in, in its own way, how do you manage to convince people to pay the, the premium that your your beer demands? Yeah, no, good question. It's um, at the end of the day for us, it's about the quality. Um, we've I don't know what the big guys really do at the end of the day, but um, for us, we we brew it. Uh, Basically, with the um, with the right intent behind it, no additives, no preservatives. Um, well, there would be people that argue that rice isn't. That, that's the thing. You know, we, we, we've seen this fascinating um, sure. evolution of the craft beer industry, where you know, once upon a time, you know, you didn't use adjunct sugars, um, and rice was seen as uh, being a negative. And you guys are proudly putting in rice, and yet you sort of casually <laughs> say, "Well, we don't put anything else in." Um, well, no additives. Sense of, yeah. It's yeah, it, it, and it's all, all it's all natural. All yeah, it's yeah, our it's rice not. is a natural product like malt is. Yeah, um, and it's and it's sort of it's part of that style. So it's that's why we're not yeah. afraid to put it out there because it's, and it's it, con- a, it contributes to the beer. Yeah, yep. for us at the end of the day, that's what we, we want good tasting beer, and, and that's what you need to do. That's what we'll <laughs> that's what we put into it. And is that where the brand comes in as well? Because you guys can be. You know, how, how widely do you want to distribute? Do you want to be the local beer of Noosa, or do you want to? You know, anyone that's Definitely, ever visited yeah. Noosa nationally will be able to buy, you know, heads of Noosa beer um, in Melbourne and uh, Sydney, for example. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Look, we'd like to be known around Australia. That's that's the goal for sure. Yep. But yeah. um, definitely, be we want to be the um, the beer that Noosa loves too. That's um, that's first and foremost, and we go go to the rest of Australia from there. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, you've both come from a background in finance and investing. Um, and a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of breweries over the last five or six years where keen home brewers have decided to open a brewery. They've done it. They've had a hand. You know, the owners have had a hand in recipe development, but they've got a brewer in to do it. You guys are actually um, brewing yourselves. Yeah. Um, so you're you're not just backing yourself financially. You're backing yourself in terms of uh, you know brewing chops as well. Yeah. Look, I'm really happy being in that role. Um, Initially, that wasn't the case. We did employ a brewer that um, it, it didn't work out. We went our separate ways, and I found myself back in that role. Um, and I think it's it's great that you know we we're the guys that came up with the direction of the company, the 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 way we wanted to take the beers, um, and everything. So we can continue to do that uh, with with myself in that role. And you really need to know every aspect of the business yourself. It's not you know just bringing someone in. To do a role makes sense when you understand what that role is yourself. Otherwise, yeah. it's you know it's very grey and you sort of lose control a bit. Without a doubt. But we we were lucky enough too to have a, a German master brewer um, help us out over the last probably half a dozen years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been been great. He's wealth of knowledge. 
in, installing commissioning breweries for the last 40 to 50 years. Yeah. Um, How did you meet him? Uh, online, actually, basically. Yeah, we actually put out an ad for a brewer. Oh, going back a long time, so probably five, six years ago. Eh? Easily. Mm-hmm. And he told us pretty soon, you're not going to be open next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, yeah, he started off as a consultant and now we consider him a, a friend. He's, yeah, talk to him all the time. Um, not even about brewing, just chat to him, just for a laugh and a chat. And um, yeah, just, just a good guy, loves it, knows his stuff. He's 50 years in the game. I think every craft brewer needs a German master brewer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're so, priceless, you know, the, the, the experience and the knowledge that those guys have got, um, mm. it's invaluable to us. So have you done, apart from having him in consulting, um, you were home brewing and you had a little fairly flash pilot system that you were sort of refining your recipes on. Yeah. Have you gone off and done any other study um, to, to sharpen those or you, you no, just... No, it's sort of been um, learning as we go. Yeah, it's, we've well, we've been brewing now for close to probably eight years. Um, and over that time, it's it's about making mistakes, uh, finding out what, what caused them um, and, and growing from that. Your mistakes um, here will be a little bit bigger than, uh, you know. On definitely, a little... yeah, you'd rather do it on a 50 litre kit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, look, I did, a, I did a short course at Ballarat for a week, um, short course in brewing and malting. That um, was well early on though, hey? Really early on, yeah, yeah, just to get a, a feel. Um, but overall, I think experience is king. Yeah, you either get your stripes in a classroom or you get them on the street. Yep. We've yep. kind of, I just got in there and, and, and tried it and made some mistakes and, yeah refined it from there. Now Lance, you, you, you did say that you had employed a brewer um, and you stepped in to, to brew um, at, at opening. Is that a matter of practical practicality or was that you decided that that's actually what you wanted to do? Uh, look, that's the way I always, as we're speaking about it, that's the way I grew up look, seeing the business. You know, I wanted to brew beer and um, it, it, it quickly changed to, you know, there's, there's a lot of other stuff that's got to happen in the brewery and I found myself more in that role. Um, so I was really, really happy when I, when we spoke about it and figured out that you know it's the direction we should take that I should step into that role. Um, yeah, it's just really panned out that way. And how you, so? Who, how does the um, labour divide between the two brothers? Who's who's the uh, has to do the boring office stuff while while you're out with the? Uh... Well, Craig does a lot of that, but <laughs> in the early days we doubled up a lot on everything that we did. We're over. Yeah, over each other what we were doing. It wasn't real time efficient, but we kind of had to do it to make sure we were making the right decisions. Now yeah. we've kind of gone so in a separate ways in our directions a bit more individually, yeah, yeah without and, a doubt. Uh, how's it working out? Did, did, did you always work together uh, when you were doing the investing? Uh, we had computer side by side for a while there. Yeah. Um, we are always chatting online yeah. if, if we weren't side by side, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, we've, we've grown up pretty close, so. Well, if yeah. you've been planning this and sort of executing it for five years, there's five Christmases uh, that you've had to sort of get together on Christmas Day, you know, at, at the potentially end of a fairly broad year. How's that been going? You know, oh, we just sit at the opposite ends of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of beer. <laughs> but but it, it, it's sort of worked out like there, there haven't been added challenges from being... Um, oh, look, I think any sort of partnership would throw challenges. I'd prefer to be in it with Craig, you know, I totally can trust him. Um, and he feels the same way, so it's there's downsides to partnerships without a doubt, um, but there's upsides as well. Um, you know, having those two minds over everything, making sure you're making the right decisions, um, but then you have to compromise in in some of your directions. And but at the end of the day, hopefully it works out for the best that you you come together and yeah. move forward in the best direction possible. 
And how are you going? How have you found the, the local community? Um, you, you've been retailing beer for how long now? You've been open for two or three weeks. Yeah, we've. I mean, the, the we really haven't made a sales call yet. The places where we've we've got our kegs in there. I guess friends of ours are places I go for a beer um, and you know they've sort of said well if you're opening a brewery where's your beer and put it on um, so yeah we're just really focused now on getting it in package so to make those sales calls a lot easier we can get around and you know, give people some samples and, and have a better chat um, kegs are a little impractical to take around with a tap for door knocks so yeah yeah hopefully people taste the beer yeah taste the beer so yeah but we, we've been uh, incredibly received I think in the local community people who've coming in loving the beer they're loving the food um, they're blown away by you know the setup here which is good we were just talking about how you are going to sort of position yourselves in as being part of the community to sort of uh, you know create that awareness in the community and that love um, for, for, for the brand sure uh, yeah I guess on a business side that start supporting other businesses so um, getting out there cross-promoting other bars that you know we're selling our product into um, obviously yeah looking to get involved with community initiatives where we can support um, I guess local um, local clubs and clubs and, and, and good causes yeah 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 and what's the feel I mean there, there are now um, three or four breweries directly in Noosa then you've got you know you don't have to go too much further to to get brouhaha and then you've got a, them stringing along the coast. Do you worry that you've entered a market that is getting saturated or do you think that the, the, the market will actually keep growing? Look, I think um, it's, it's obviously something you think about, um, but after getting to know all the guys and the the guys involved in this region overall, the Sunshine Coast, um, it's... There's still it, so much room there for, for all of us to yeah. grow. But everyone getting together and, and working together, I think, to create that region. You know, we get a lot of tourists to the Sunshine Coast and actually getting people to um, come to this, this region overall to, to see what we're doing in the, in the craft beer scene. I think there's plenty of room there for us to all, all grow together. Yeah. Um, the thing is everyone doing, doing a good job of the beers. I think that's, that's the most important part of it, um, which I think you've heard echoed around Australia, basically, as, as craft beer is growing. So the, the worst enemy of craft beer is bad craft beer. I think so. Not, yeah. Not other, not other beverages. No. People, you know, like like we band ourselves together, and it's kind of us, you know, trying to take market share from the bigger guys. Um, consumer bands us together too. Oh, that craft beer crap, you know, is a common thing you hear. Um, and it's obviously it's not all crap. There's great some beers good beers there, yeah. out there, but you know, and that's where if we all create that image of craft beer being of high quality and. Um, you know, tasty, then people yeah, are going to... works for everybody. Yeah, it works for everyone. Yeah. Now, the other thing, as we sit in the, in the brew floor, complete with the, uh, the, the occasional noises, um, <laughs> looking across at the beautiful Crohn's bottling machine that, you, that you've installed there, um, that almost stands out these days amongst uh, new um, breweries is that you've gone bottles and not cans. Do you want to talk me through, you know, was that a conscious decision? Yeah, look, we decided on the bottling line probably five years ago. Um, it hasn't industry changed. It has, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally, you'd have both. You'd have both, exactly. So you have to pick one. Yeah. I mean, bottles, we just felt, were a bit more traditionally accepted. Um, with the lager route that we'd always planned on taking, um, you know, it probably Suited is a little more of a traditional a sort of style. So we thought it was a good fit that way. 
So yeah, and you know, the, the can part of the market has grown substantially, but um, one thing we're sure of is with this machine is that we're getting a good product at the end of it. It's got all that technology in it that's tried and tested and mm -hmm. um, we can ensure a very low O2 pickup um, during that and gives you a good shelf life and a good product at the end of the day. Well, that's I mean tr true of the entire. Um, you, you haven't put in a uh, dinky's probably not the, the, the word, but you've gone to the top end of the market. You've got good uh, German uh, brewing equipment here. Was that uh, a part of the plan as well in terms of either quality or just you know what sure. you guys wanted? We wanted those those parts that really had an effect on the end product to be rock solid. We didn't want to be chasing our tail, you know, trying to um, piece things together. You know, when the focus should be on just brewing good beer, that's hard enough. Yeah, definitely. Those um, there's lots of facets in here um, that we've tailored to to make good quality beer, and and, and particularly focused on on good quality lagers. Um, like that Japanese lager you had last night. It's um, it's really clean beer. It there's there's no room to hide any mistakes. Um, uh, oxidation or anything later on in packaging would, would be detrimental to it. So you know, actually producing it. Um, on a quality level and, and getting it into people's hands, you know, months down the track um, in bottle shops and it was a great importance to us. So spending the money in those areas, I think, uh, will pay off in the long run. Yeah. yeah. But it's obviously, you know, again, one of the hallmarks of the, the early days of the craft beer industry to some extent was uh, bootstrap operations, getting the best equipment that they could afford then and hoping to uh, grow into it and then grow out of it. Um, you guys have certainly gone for quality from the start um, you've got a 50 hectolitre brew house um, at the back there so there's obviously a fair bit of beer you can make um, w without having to sort of grow too big so yeah you, you, you look at that um, that was something we heard from everybody in the in the craft beer scene was that uh, growing for pains. growth yeah plan for growth exactly um, our brew house is 50 hectolitre but it's um, only a three three vessel mm -hmm. we've got room to grow it into a five vessel so um, you know where we've spent the money where we needed to, but we've um, we've basically limited our capital expense where we didn't have to spend it as yeah. well. It is a family-owned brewery. Have, have you got sort of uh, other investors? Have you sort of sold the dream to others as well? Or no, it it's um, it's Craig and myself. Um, lucky enough, our parents are a landlord, so we were okay. um, yeah we were able to purpose-build the brewery to to fit what we were doing. Um, but basically, Dad's a great mentor to us on the business side. Um, but it's basically Craig and I putting the brewery together yep. ourselves. Yeah, there's, it's just us two involved. Because I, well, I was going to ask when you talked about the development um, and having your dad as your landlord and trusting in your vision, I guess, otherwise it would have been a long period of time while you were sort of doing that back and forth with council to, uh, to, to be paying rent um, without actually producing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, we've been really lucky that way, um, particularly on the fact that we can build it the way it needs to be. Yeah, all these drains are a nightmare to retrofit, especially, and that stuff really has to happen from the ground up. Yeah. Yep. So and it, so this was a greenfield site when you yeah, uh, first was, took it over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, conduits in the ground and getting getting those utilities to areas uh, throughout the breweries, like it took a lot of planning, um, but it will benefit from it uh, without a doubt. Yeah, not having to retrofit. And who worked with you on the design? How do you know, how do two guys that don't have a background in brewing sort of go through the highly technical elements of uh, every brewery needs a German brewmaster? Okay, so <laughs> he was able to sort of help you. Yeah, yeah he, he went a bit. Really, at the end people. of the day, it was you know we'd 
come up with something that we thought was, was pretty good and we'd go to him and say, well, maybe this doesn't make sense. It wasn't like he said, do it this way or do it that way. It was... But also to the, uh, the individual equipment suppliers. Um, yeah. Those guys have a lot of experience and build a lot of brew houses and bottling lines. So we were able to bounce um, our building plans off them to make sure that everything we needed was there and um, it was going to work and, and, and fit. Yeah. And those guys are good because they've seen so many different setups. Yeah. You know, they can... They know what what generally will work and what won't. So, yep. Yeah, they even down to um, like the boiler guys uh, getting getting the experience that they had, the room you need, the ventilation required, um, everything that you need on that side, and all the utilities basically, all those individual companies just working with them, talking to them, and and planning. Okay. And just before I let you go, we, we've last night we saw the two beers. We saw the the Japanese lager, and then we saw the. Uh, summer dusk. Summer dusk. Yep. Um, what style of uh, beer is that? Well, it's uh, a lager again. It's an amber lager. Yeah. Amber lager. Yep. So a very lightly uh, ambered lager. Lovely little bit of uh, biscuity malt. Um, you know, toffee malt coming through, but yeah. not too much. No, exactly. Because um, we filter it as well. It um, the malts really shine through once you take that yeast out. So it, it's about getting the portion and the balance right. Um, in that it, it's slightly dry hopped as well <laughs> yeah it took a lot of work to get that right <laughs> again another very very clean lager nowhere to hide and yeah. you know, nothing to show um, in terms of faults that I could see yep um, you've got a pilsner in the tank yeah uh, so basically on our little little system we've uh, we basically developed four beers uh, we've got the next two beers in tank one one being a pilsner and the second being a bock so um, they're both lagers as well um, and we'll we'll definitely filter the pilsner, and we'll look at the box and see what the best way to go there. <laughs> On the Sunshine Coast, a box of pretty adventurous beer. Yeah, look, it's it it's not out of um, character for the rest of the beers for us. It's um it's still a very easy drinking beer. Um, it's it's about that balance and getting that right. You'll be surprised when you taste it. It's actually a really really smooth smooth beer at five point eight percent. And how far can you take lager? Obviously, the the, the lighter lagers are perfect for you know balmy uh, Sunshine Coast weather, but how many different beers can you have in, in a core range built around lagers that will still sell um, in this market? Yeah, look, that's something we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, at the end of the day, you can do anything with a lager that you can do with an ale. Um, and we're kind of, I guess we've never really gone into it with the plan of having 20 different beers. We, no. kind of, we want to keep the range kind of tight and focus on, on them to make sure we get them right. Um, obviously, mid strengths on the on the cards at some point, but they're not they're not an easy beer to brew. Well, yeah, you know, to have that balance there and and flavour that will sell. So, yeah, that's in the pipeline. But yeah. at the same time, like lager, you, you can do anything you can do um, to a lager that you can do to an ale is a like really good point. But at the same time, um, one of the things that's driven the craft is excitement that novelty and hype and sort of you know bold flavors um brings out um and so far the, the, the beers you've been talking about are you know, very clean sort of very good quality lagers but they're not the ones that you know sort of create the social media chatter and, and, and sure. those sorts of things is, is, well, do you think that you can build a brand on just good clean beers or do you need a little bit of that excitement and definitely novelty? and, and definitely we'll, excited, we'll focus yeah. on um on, on doing some seasonals as well, they're a little bit out there, a little bit more crazy, but yeah, the focus for for us getting started is just to get those core range beers in the market, yep. have people enjoying them, and then you know we can experiment and have a little bit more fun 
down the track. Is your Pilsner a traditional Pilsner or a New World Pilsner? No, no traditional. more traditional. Okay. Yeah, with with a little twist in there, but again, it's very subtle. Um, it, it's the it's the balance that you that you need. Yeah, there's no point having a, a really fine light bodied beer and, and having a heap of hop in it. Um, it has to has to complement the malt that goes into it. We believe so. That, that's our mm. focus is creating balance. Terrific. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining uh, me on Beer as a Conversation and all the very best for uh, Heads of Noosa um, going forward and, uh, you know, be interested to drop back in a little while and see how it's all going for you. Make sure you do it, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Cheers, mate. And that was Craig and Lance Masterton from Heads of Noosa. Once again, we thank Josh Donohoe from Sunshine Coast Craft Beer Tours for putting together our itinerary. If you're on the Sunshine Coast, we can't think of a better way to visit the region's breweries or a more engaged host. You can find a link in the show notes. We also welcome Rallings back as episode sponsors. Rallings labels, stickers and packaging supply fully sleeved and palletized cans ready to be filled. They will also print and hold the sleeves and supply in batches as needed for each brew to make cash flow and storage easy. Pay for the printing up front and then pay per can and application as needed. Call Rallings on 1300 852 235 to discover a more efficient way to get your small batch canning labels done. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation and we look forward to another conversation next week.